Hello and welcome. This is your host, Jonathan Morgan, and you're listening to Design Everywhere, the podcast that invites you to ask what if and challenges you to understand the why that drives design. This is part two of a conversation I had with Oliver Barrett. Oliver is an illustrator, artist, and designer based out of Austin, Texas. And I gave a disclaimer at the beginning of the last episode that Oliver and I go way back. We were in a band together for over 10 years, so we make some references to that that might be a little bit out of context, so I just wanted to let you know that up front. So today's conversation is going to focus in on Oliver's design process. We're going to go through some of the mechanics of it and a couple case studies. So I hope you enjoy it, and uh, let's get on with the conversation. We talked about kind of your, your day-to-day, like dig in even a little bit deeper. You know, for designers, you know, kind of coming up, illustrators coming up and, and kind of, I think anybody in general, as you go through any type of creative path, you're always like kind of wondering how other people are doing it. You're always like have this, like, am I doing this right? Or is there a better way to do this? What's your process? Like maybe even like pick out a, a recent thing that you did and kind of think through, like, what's your process of going from inspiration through execution? There's a couple different things that happen. I think it would be cool to go over like the recent, we can go over that Batman thing we we're talking about if. It's on my site. I put it up today, oliverbarrett.com. It's the Dark Knight poster. But like the idea for that, because something like that is a pitch, which actually changes the process. So in that case, it's I've got an idea for something. No one's really asking for it, but I'm going to float it out there and see what happens. So in that case, it's me having an idea. I don't remember where it came from exactly. I might have been watching the movie just randomly on Netflix or something. I don't remember, but I saw something there that popped into my head like, oh, if we do that to this thing, it'll become this thing. So for this Batman poster, it's the Joker being thrown off of the roof at the end of the movie. And I thought, well, what if he changed the perspective? So instead of it being like, you know, side by side, watching him come down from top to bottom of the frame, you were underneath him. And the way that he's coming down on the camera and the way that his coat is falling creates the silhouette of the Bat logo. I was like, that's just such a stupid idea. But let's see what happens. So I find a couple of minutes and I scribble it out in my, like the notes area of my journal. And I think, well, maybe, okay. And then I'll turn it into like a real sketch. And in that case, it's like watching the movie and like screen capping it a bunch of times in the right scene and opening a file in Photoshop that has like a ton of space around like the actual print area. And you just pop all those in there and then you start scribbling and then, that turns into a sketch after, I don't know, maybe two hours where you're experimenting with like color and no, I guess color really doesn't matter at that, fa- that, that phase, but it's, you just want to get enough out there so that it's clear to whoever you're pitching this to what you're trying to do. And in that case, like I had, I had this crappy Photoshop, Photoshop sketch that I had sent and I go, Hey, this movie's coming out or the 10 year anniversary is coming up. I don't know if you're doing anything, but here's a goofy idea. And they're like, Oh, that's a great idea give it a shot. And then it, when it comes to actually pulling the thing off in a situation like that, it was really tough because in order to get that silhouette shape, it felt a lot like like trying to hammer a square peg into a round hole because it's it's okay. I got I got to arrive at this Batman logo by using a guy falling out of a building and his trench coat filling in the gaps. So I had looked at a whole bunch of different like skydiving photos like acrobats, base jumpers, 
anything that had like that sort of look where like someone's like falling through the air. And then on top of that, it's like, okay, I got to nail this likeness for this guy who passed away a decade ago. And there's limited amount of reference material. Oh, and the perspective on him is impossible to match because I went through the whole movie on that thing, trying to find like the exact like pose of his head to match where I had to get the body and it wasn't there. So I had to do it the old school way where you just get a whole bunch of photos of him and just draw it, trial and error, turning things on and off and undo and all sorts of things that are great for digital illustration where you can get through it quickly. And then after, you know, months and months and months of trying to get this thing right, we got it right. And that would be the process for that. And then you send it off for approval and that's a logistical nightmare sometimes. But in other ways, when it's not a pitch and it's say it's like, a publication like, hey, we got a story coming out Friday. They usually hit you up Monday, like if we can get a sketch tomorrow. In earlier days, I would say, yeah, okay. And I would do it. And it was just taking their direction. And hopefully they have some reference material for you. But if they don't, you got to find that. And then it's the same thing. It's sketch, thumbs up, thumbs down, start the real drawing, thumbs up, thumbs down, done, hopefully. In the latter scenarios where you're not kind of coming in with a pitch, it sounds like at least with the pitch, you're coming in with your personal perspective on something and pitching that. On the latter, at this point in your career, do you have a lot of artistic freedom on how to approach that? Or do you typically have a fair amount of requirements associated with it? It depends on the client. Like these days for someone, like if it's someone that I have rapport with, like Mondo, I I can just send in like one sketch and be like, here it is. But even earlier days with them, it's sort of the same approach as it is with like an agency coming in out of nowhere now where it's, you know, somewhere between like three and five ideas. And I'll maybe think like it's, you probably heard the same thing with logos where it's like, we need three logo ideas and you do two and then you're like, ah, crap, I got to get a third one. And you just throw something in and then that's the one they pick. (laughs) It still happens for this. Like, I think one of my best pieces is this poster for this movie that came out in 2015 called green room and i don't know if you've seen it but it's about a diy punk band that's on tour and they get roped into playing at a neo-nazi compound and uh you know i got asked to do a poster for it for mondo and it was one of those it was i think maybe like the third poster i'd done for him so i was still very much like oh man i gotta nail this and i had i was like okay i'll give you three ideas because i think they asked for three and one of them had like someone opening a door and there was like a wolf behind it snarling at it. And I think both of those first two sketches were different takes on that. And they were cool. And then I had this dumb idea where I was like, well, there's a part where the dude reaches behind the door and his arm gets chopped up by a machete and it's visceral and disgusting and gross. And it really sticks with you. But what if I took an arm and I chopped it up in a way that made it into the black flag logo? I'm like, that's so goofy. And there's no way they're going to go for it, but I'll just throw it in there. And they're like, oh, man, that's it. <laughs> and then the studio approved it and it went to print. And the director like loved it. And I sold out of the prints in like 90 seconds. And people still hit me up like on a daily basis. Like, hey, you got any of those? Like, no, it's been sold out for years. But it was uh, another case where it's just kind of like there's a requirement put on me by the client. And I don't know if that project would have been as successful as it was without that requirement because it was the last idea that I threw in there because I thought I had to meet that requirement of three sketches. <laughs> that, that's awesome. It's an awesome poster too. Like Thanks. That, that I, and it's, it's not just because I'm a Black Flag fan. <laughs> <laughs> so concluding on this, it's like for other people that are kind of working their way up, do you, any advice for you and just like 
there's a lot of people that want to take that similar path. What you're doing is their dream job. Any advice of, you know, how to at least approach getting there? I think really having some sort of measurable goals is extremely helpful. Like even for me, like I talked about that five-year plan that I had accidentally made for myself, but I think it was a really big deal. And having goals that I would set every year, one of those was to, you know, try freelancing. And I, I had to try twice. So I guess the biggest piece of advice would be to find a way to keep going, even if you fail. Because in my case, I had tried to go freelance after like the, those first couple of posters that I had talked about sold out. I was like, man, I got this. I quit my job at GoMedia. And then I fell flat on my face because I wasn't properly prepared for it financially. And I was also, again, making a lot of dumb decisions, just taking stuff on that I thought would be cool, but didn't have like a real budget attached. Whereas now I take on things that have a big budget, but the actual subject isn't that good. So I guess I would say like, if you, if you find yourself stumbling, just fight away, keep going. Even if like in my case, I had to find another job and then continue to freelance a little bit and then build it back up again to the point where I gave it another try. Because it's really easy to just get discouraged I guess that would be my, my biggest piece of advice is to do whatever you have to to not be discouraged because it's really easy to just spiral out of it where maybe you had a couple projects go not so well and the client was a, was a jerk or like no one cared when you, were, when you finished it or posted it and like, I don't want to do this anymore. You just have to find, if you really want to do it, keep doing it, find a way to keep doing it. And don't worry so much about response from like things like Instagram or Twitter because that's not at all indicative of how well, like how good something actually is. Like I've, I've had things that I've, I posted that I was super proud of and they got no traction. And then I had things that I spent 10 minutes on that like gangbusters and I still don't understand why other than algorithms. Yeah, that would be it. Just don't get discouraged. That and show up, show up. Like I know we can't right now, but I think going to these places, like I mentioned, I went to San Francisco, I went to New York Comic Con, I went to Mondo Gallery. Like I, I went to all these places physically and was like, hi, I'm Oliver. And I was scared out of my mind to do it, but it was, you got to do it anyway. Because it worked. I don't really have any other advice other than what worked for me. And that did. You're not going to get anywhere unless you do it. And that's what, I mean, that's what I think, going back to what I was saying before, you know, in the best possible way, you're a hustler. That's what hustlers do. Hustlers show up and hustlers stick with it. Take breaks, though. <laughs> and hustlers take breaks. Smart hustlers take breaks. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Oliver. I, I really appreciate this. This is an awesome conversation. I'd do it again if you have me. So the day after we recorded this episode, Oliver released his Dark Knight poster at San Diego Comic-Con. It sold out in less than one minute. So as much as I would love to say, you know, go to his website and his web store and pick up that poster, it's probably not going to happen. But you can check eBay and get out your checkbook. That's our episode for this week. I want to thank you for listening to Design Everywhere. Please take a minute to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. We have a lot more episodes in the works, so uh, come back and check that out. Maybe check out something in the archives that you may have missed. And if you can give us a rating or review, we'd love to hear what you think. You can follow us on Twitter. Just search for Design Everywhere Podcast. That's at design underscore every. You can also follow me, Jonathan Morgan, at Promo Rock. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcasts. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, and our audio engineer, Sean Rule Hoffman. I'm your host, Jonathan Morgan. This is Design Everywhere. Thanks for listening.
Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chapotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.